is Sports Best, bringing you only the best in sports and sometimes, just sometimes, we work blue. I'm Larry Oguapo Olson. He's the one and only Uncle Kirk, sometimes intern, sometimes executive producer for the Sports Best podcast. Mr. Peterson, thank you for filling in for the injured and great Andrew Keller. Here's my first question. On average, how much sports do you watch every week? Ooh, good question. Uh, I bet four and a half hours. Really? What about you? Yeah. What about you? I I think it's a little less than that. I uh, I do a lot on the replay. Like I'll go to YouTube's and uh, yes. get the get the and then because I like to I like to speed things up. You know this about me. I like to I like to watch and listen to things at one and a half two times speed just to power through it. So, and and we'll get to this in a little uh, a second. A lot more sports this week because there was a big major golf tournament on, which we'll get to in one second. But we first need to talk about the Brooklyn Nets. Mr. Keller is a big fan of the big three. They got knocked out of the playoffs. Kevin Durant had an unbelievable series, but he was not enough. Uh, Kyrie Irving was hurt. James Harden had some hamstring issues. Do you have any thoughts about the Brooklyn Nets, the big three getting kicked out of the NBA playoffs? Oh, crazy. I mean, he plays all 53 minutes. He puts up 48 points and uh, they can't get it done. I mean, uh, I mean that the you know I I kind of like rooting against the super team right I, I don't I don't love oh. that I like uh, I'm an underdog guy I feel like uh, I feel like we 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 kind of connect on this um, but uh, yeah they're they're down by two the Bucks turn it over on uh, on a shot clock and then um, he puts up the two at point nine nine point shot because his <laughs> size eighteen shoes on his size seventeen feet were just <laughs> hanging over the line. And then they just um, shit the bed in overtime. Like they could not put a point up. Well, they only put up two points, I think, in all five minutes of OT. So we got four teams left. We have the Bucks and the Hawks and the Clippers and the Suns. Who are you rooting now to win the NBA championship? Uh, man, you know, I, I got to pull for the Hawks. I, I don't okay. know why. I just I got. Uh, what about you? You you have Under- a uh, you have you have a team you like? Dude, I'm rooting for the Hawks as well. Underdog. Dude, the Suns have never won it. The Clippers have never won it. The Bucks haven't won since 71, and the Hawks haven't won since 58 wow. when gas was 30 cents a gallon, Holy the hula hoop was released, and Elvis was drafted into the Army. That's the last time the Hawks won. That's why I'm, I'm pulling for the Hawks. Hey, don't you have a Peterson Enterprises to run or something? Why do you have so many good notes? Hey, I, you know what? I do this for you, Larry. I, <laughs> I, I, I go the extra mile. All right, let's get to the real lead story. 15 days after he was informed that he had tested positive for COVID and had to withdraw from the PGA's Memorial Tournament despite holding a commanding six-stroke lead, 26-year-old Spaniard John Rahm grabs the bull by its horn, birdies the final two holes to win the 121st U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. Typically, Kirk, I do not root for Spaniards, but he played golf at Arizona State, so I felt like it was okay to do so. Were you rooting for the big Spaniard to win the U.S. Open? You know, I was not, although I like John Rahm. I was, uh, I was pulling for Louis Ussason, who came ah. in second, missed it by one stroke. I mean, the dude's come in seven, a second yeah. seven times in his career. He was putting lights out. He was playing solid. I don't know. I just like that guy. I mean, they do list him at 5'10 on <laughs> Google. And I, I feel like, you know, they, they bump the height for players in the NBA, but there's no way that guy's 5'10". Like, I, I mean, that guy's my height. He's like five foot five and a half. There's no way he's 5'10". But I was rooting for Louis. He couldn't get it done. But you got to uh, admit, what, Brahms' putts were amazing, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, those last two putts were fantastic. He played solid. I mean, that guy's a – he's a baller. He's got solid iron shots. Um, but what a, what a like, back nine. I mean, they, they come down for the last nine holes, and it's Rory, it's Colin Morikawa, 
DeChambeau is in there. Brooks Kepka is in the mix. Louie. And then, you know, John Rahm is able to eke it out. Um, that's fun. That was fun to watch that come to a conclusion. So I feel like we're a little different. You're rooting for Louie. I'm rooting for Rahm. But what we were all rooting for together, I believe, is DeChambeau to choke. And he gags hard, right? Yeah, he goes bogey, bogey, double, barely. And, uh, yeah, just totally took himself out of it, which I'm not going to say that made my Sunday, but it made my Sunday. He, I don't know, did you see his press conference after? Like, he is not ingratiating himself to people either, right? No. No, he, that guy, he just can't get out of his own way. I mean, I think if, yeah, he, he would be, he could be likable, but he just says the wrong thing, blames the wrong people. He just, he, yeah, he has no sense of how to be socially present uh, at all. Uh, he's a hell of a golfer, hits the ball a long way, but he, you just can't help but to root against him. You definitely want to root. And uh, what's your thoughts on Rory's performance? Obviously, he didn't win it, kind of choked a little bit there. Were you rooting for Rory any moment? Man, I love Rory. I love watching him play. I was a, I've been a huge fan forever, uh, but I've been sucked into that uh, that whirlpool too many times. Like, I just – I get my hopes up, and then he just lets me down every at, at the majors all the time. So I'm still pulling for that guy. I still think he's got it in him, but he just uh, – he wasn't able to convert. So we've, we've knocked down the Masters – the PGA, the master or the open, what's next here for the golf calendar, the majors. Is the players coming up? Is that, is that right? Uh, probably is the players. And then the British and the, is that oh, it? Yeah. The, the, yeah. The open is coming up. I think those are the last two for the okay. season. All right. But I mean, with the wraparound season and the, the, the COVID delays and I don't know, I got, I get confused. I just turn on the TV on Friday morning and see who's in the lead. Amen. Amen. Hey, not to get distracted from golf, but we got uh, the Olympic, golf field has been set for uh tokyo 2020 happening in 2021 in theory despite the fact that 83 percent of japanese people don't want olympics and only 4.4 percent of their population is vaccinated they're going ahead with the olympics in theory and the 60 player field has been set the uh four players representing the usa are our favorite bryson dechambeau oh. uh justin thomas colin morikawa and xander shoffley so do, be, you root, be, do you root for America, even if it means DeChambeau? Uh, you know, I'll root for JT, Colin, and Xander. I'd be super happy to do that. Um, yeah, I, I feel like DeChambeau is the guy that goes to Paris and is the reason that somebody spits in my food when I go. Like, he's the guy that he's like the stereotypical United States guy showing up someplace. Like, dang it, I just, I don't want that guy with the flag on his shoulder. But um, I think uh, I think South Korea, South Korea's got Sun J.M. and uh, Siwoo Kim, who are both solid players. I think they're going to be... Uh, something to contend with definitely on the women's side South Korea is going to be a uh, heavy favorites um so the, do, know, they do, do they do this as a team and individual like or is it just only individuals it's just individuals oh. and the countries were limited to four players so you can the max you can have is four players from your country uh but here's my question for you if you were in this crowd would you go I mean a lot of big golfers backed out Dustin Johnson backed out uh, a lot of a lot of big name golfers aren't going to play for COVID and then whatever other reason, they just don't love getting behind the Olympics. Would you go to the Olympics and represent oh, your country? Are you kidding me? I mean, once again, the reason, so they kind of have this in basketball too, right? It's sort of assumed that America's going to win in basketball, but you so bring your brand to the forefront of the world if you go do this. You sell more golf clubs. So, I mean, I mean how much money is enough? But like, if you want to go represent and be in the spotlight, you go to the Olympics. I feel like I'm getting maybe... Uh, not sold the complete bill of goods. I feel like I've had the vaccine. So even if everybody's got a Japan, I'm still good. 
Yeah, and I don't know, what a cool experience to be yeah. able to go. I mean, you look at Ricky Fowler. I mean, he's got the Olympic rings tattooed on the inside of his arm from when he played last time. So um, I think uh, I think for sure, I don't, I don't see how you say no to that. I, f- I feel like he misplayed that tattoo a little bit because he didn't get, he didn't win anything, right? Yeah, but he got to play in the Olympics. Man. I don't know. It, it, yeah, yeah. You, so you say like, don't get a tattoo unless yeah. you get a bronze medal. Get, yeah, maybe maybe get a bronze. You get you just yeah. Maybe that was a little too much for Ricky. I don't, uh, I don't know. Good call. That's a good call. We had breaking Supreme Court news. I cannot wait to get your take on this. Supreme Court ruling on educated related benefits to student athletes. Big bombshell case. In a blow to the NCAA, the court said colleges could no longer pro- be prohibited from providing student athletes with education-related benefits like free laptops, musical instruments, lab equipment, or compensation for internships. The ruling was unanimous by the court, which like highly never happens. Here's what Justice Kavanaugh had to say, quote, the NCAA has built a massive money-raising enterprise on the backs of student athletes who are not fairly compensated. He went on to say the NCAA's business model would be flatly illegal in almost any other industry in America. Dude, I I love this so much. I mean, the NCAA has been just like getting into a smaller and smaller circle for years. And uh, this is just like another nail in the coffin. I don't see how this all doesn't just come crumbling down. Uh, I love Kavanaugh's just hammering at these guys. Uh, and the best the NCAA could come up with, I mean, they got a lot of money. They pay a lot of lawyers. Their best argument is fans prefer watching unpaid players. Like that's their, <laughs> that was their big, uh, you can't handle the truth moment in the courtroom. And it just did not stand up. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think, I think the NCAA is they're either going to get in line or they're just going to fall apart. But I, I don't know. Where, where do you think this goes? I well, mean, like, is- if anybody thought, which I don't think anybody does, if anybody thought the NCAA had the best interest of students in mind, maybe they wouldn't have held the NCAA tournament during a pandemic or at the national championship football game while there was a global pandemic going on and being like, you know what, we'll just take this year off and let everybody stay healthy. No, there's, I mean, there's, there's no doubt that they're all about the money and they're just trying to hold on to uh, what looks to be a bygone era of um, taking advantage of student athletes. But I mean, I, I don't know. I think for me, what I want the main outcome to be is like, I want college athletics to be good. I feel like the NCAA March Madness tournament and, you know, just men's basketball writ large has been declining over the last 15 years because everybody goes pro so fast because they want to make the money. So uh, in an ideal world, if they could get to where those guys were getting paid and college basketball was a little higher quality, I'd be, I mean, I'm all for that. And I'd like the idea of, man, if you're making that much money for the college, like, you know, put something in the guy's pocket. I just hope that the money comes out of those like administrators and the guy who's running the Tostito Fiesto's bowls salary. And they're not like cutting other crap. Those the fat cats got to get their salaries to pay for these new ki- these kids getting them. I just hope I know it's going to get screwed up somehow, and it, the fat cats are still going to get fatter. You're going to end up paying ninety dollars for a coke and a hot yeah. dog at the uh, Blue Devil Stadium <laughs> yeah. now. Is yeah. It, so uh, yeah, yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. No, that's exactly right. Uh, let's move over to baseball. <gasps> and you've been following this, right? We got sticky substances on oh! the ball and all this craziness going on. There's now a company. I love that they just make things more complicated than they need to. There's now a company that's pitching in Major League Baseball on what they're calling the ball mutter. So (laughs) I I didn't know this, but it turns out for as long as I've been alive, 
they've been putting Delaware river mud on in major league baseballs, like every single baseball before the pitcher gets it before whatever they, they buy this Delaware river mud and it's from one family and they got this special, special spot on a, I don't know what it is. It's some kind of an inlet or an isthmus or some, some term uh, where these guys go down, they dig up this special mud, they pack it up, they send it to every major league baseball team. Uh, and the dude that inherited this from his father who inherited it from his father wouldn't tell his wife even after they were married the special spot where they went to go dig up this mud because they're the only ones that know where it is. Anyway, they put this stuff on the balls and now this company has a special machine that they're pitching that they're going to put in everybody's locker room or in the trainer's center so that they can coat these balls equally so that when you go play in Colorado, it's the same ball you're getting when you were in Tampa. Um I, I don't know. Like this seems like they're making this way more complicated than they need to. Like why, why introduce a super special machine just to put mud on a baseball? Like why not do it like Japan does? Like they, the baseball comes out of the box with a little bit of tackiness so that you don't get a fastball to the dome. Uh, I don't know. Where do you, where do you come down? That's, I, that's my, when you were saying that story, I was like, why do, it's, doesn't it seem antithetical to make a brand new ball and then put mud on it? Yeah. It seems crazy to me, and I and I get why you need like the ball needs to be tacky. So, like I said, so that you don't bean um, players. But which I, I feel like, and I, I mean, you you know, pitchers, you've watched enough baseball. Like if they start really turning the screws on this, those guys are going to let some balls go to hit people just to say, see, we need spider tack, we need we need something. But I like I don't know why in the world they're not like yeah, like what, make the baseball. We put people on the moon. Like, yeah. how can you not make a baseball that's a little bit tacky? Like, seriously, it's 2021. How can we not work out this baseball problem? I have no idea. But here's what I want. Uh, there's a, that family's making 12K a year off of the Major League Baseball by shipping them mud. And it's the dude and his wife who's packing it up and sending them. I want you to figure out a way so that you and I can go dig some mud up with this guy. Because <laughs> I want to be a part of that process. I had no idea that was going on. And I think it's hysterical. De is Delaware mud? Is that what it is? Delaware? Yeah. Like, is out, it? Yeah. Out of the Delaware tributary or something. Yeah. So, but in the state of Delaware. Yes. Wow. Or, I, or I say that it's out of the Delaware river is what I, uh, what I learned. So are. like I have, yeah. Okay. Uh, let's so let's go. <laughs> All right. Let's muddy some balls. Here's my question. <laughs> That's a good transition. <laughs> <laughs> well, and into this story of all things, I, I'm going to just, let's just pause. And then it's not related to this story. Um, Las Vegas Raiders defensive end Carl Nassib becoming the first active NFL player to come out as gay in an NFL season. All right. The Raiders were quick to show support with the tweet. Proud of you, Carl. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell offering his support in a statement released by the league. I, I, it, it's somewhat surprising that this is the first time that there's an active gay player in the NFL as like, testosterone filled as they are um i don't i get i see the point of like you wouldn't want to be the first guy on your football team to be like hey i'm gay right i, I suppose that's why this is taking so long i guess so although when i read this story i was thinking i thought like eight years ago during the draft somebody kissed their boyfriend but maybe it's because he wasn't an active player he got drafted and wasn't uh wasn't an active player is that the is that something the happened like i feel like someone came out gay and then they got cut or something oh, okay. happened like he some yeah something like that happened and then they he didn't actually play like this guy's like good enough that no one's gonna cut him 
he's gay and he's going to keep playing in the league. He's like a, he's like an active defensive end. Yeah. I, I'm the only thing that shocked me about the story was that it, I didn't, I just assumed it had already happened. I was like, wait, I, that, I thought that happened 10 years ago. So um, I was surprised that this was the first, but I mean, you know, the good guy's a good defensive end. What do I care? Well, so here's my question, which we can't answer, but like, we're just dudes that sit and watch TV. Like, do you think it, anybody in the NFL locker room like really cares that one dude on the team is gay? Not, not from that perspective. No, I think um, with as you know as much as attitudes have changed and shifted over time, I think it's more a um, this almost feels more like a media play. Like it, it, and I, I don't know that that's it. That's the case. But I, I'm always like I'm super cynical anyway. So I look at this and I'm thinking like, ah, is this a guy that's trying to get uh, an endorsement deal or something else by putting this out there. Um, uh, like I said, I'm not accusing him of that, but I, that, that's my, when I hear that, I, that's, that's, it raises the hairs on the back of my neck. Like, man, this seems, seems a little contrived, uh, but maybe it's not. No, no, it's funny you say that. Cause I wasn't even thinking that, but I'm sure he's going to get more uh, endorsements because of this. Right. Yeah. Free Subaru van or something. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> yeah. Okay. I thought my muddy balls comment. But then... <laughs> uh, I, not too far from where we are. Oh. The world's strongest man competition just came to an end. U- United Kingdom's own Tom Strobman declared the world's strongest man. Did you take any of this action in, Larry? I should have. Um, this makes me a little bit angry. I didn't know that it was going on in Sa- Sacramento. Like, you know, occasionally you'll be watching TV and the world's strongest man competition comes on. There's like some competition for like 1984. I kind of like it. It's kind of big dudes pushing trains around or whatever. How did your father-in-law not say, hey, like 15 minutes from my house, the world's strongest man's competition is going on and not tell us that we should have gone and seen this? I know, and it's uh, it's his favorite place in the world because it took place right outside this world-famous train museum, which is a really cool place to go visit if you're ever in Sacramento. Uh, Five-day competition. They threw kegs. They held axes. They rotated trains. But I got a quiz for you, Larry. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. All right, so here's the thing. Is this the title of a strongman competition competition or is it a horse that's racing today somewhere in the world? <laughs> All right. Uh, first one, quick shooter. That's a horse. You are right. That is the yes. tin horse at Delta Downs yes. in the third race. Yes, I love uh, this game. Fingali's fingers. That's a horse. That is not a horse. Dang that is it. a strongman competition, a fulcrum <laughs> pull, two to 300 kilograms where they flip a bar over the, over the fulcrum. Uh, Atlas's stones. I'm going to say strong man. That is right. That's where yes. they put those big, huge boulders up on top of like uh, ever increasing uh, uh, platforms. Uh, the cyclotron. Oh, I want to say that that's a strong man, but I think you want me to say it's a strong man. So I'm going to say it's a horse. That is. It was the number one horse in the first race yeah. at Canterbury today. <laughs> uh, G- Giants medley. Oh, got to say horse. No, that is a strongman competition. They take anvils, anchors, and chains, and they have to carry them a long way. All right, and the and the big truck. That's got to be a strongman. That is the sixth horse at Thistle Downs. He's five to two odds. Put a big bet on him. A trifecta on big truck. Nice work. You Damn did it. okay. Damn you it. Did okay. Isn't uh, this the whole thing? Seen these guys. They're these guys huge. are like they're like three humans stuffed together. It's amazing how, how big these dudes are. Is it, uh, they're is, not like yoked big. They are, um, they're just like, they're just thick. Is this one of those things like soccer's not a big deal in America, so nobody watches it, we don't care. But it, like in the Ukraine, this is the biggest sport? 
I don't think so. I think this is more on par with like the Nathan's hot dog eating competition. It is. Like, it's that. I mean, that's what it is to me. Like it. It's one of those things you turn it on and you go like, oh yeah, this is on, and you'll watch it for fifteen minutes while you fold laundry. But I, yeah, I don't think there's a. Um, I don't think there's a big fan base. Like people aren't wearing t-shirts and stuff. But like, like maybe this is huge in Europe and this is all they watch, but why would they hold in Sacramento is my counter argument to that. They wouldn't like the Ukrainians wouldn't be like, well, we'll just let it go on in Sacramento if they really loved it. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you'd think this would be in Finland somewhere or, uh, you know, with guys throwing poles over their shoulders or whatever. But it is uh, it is something to watch, man. It's it's good for 15 minutes of killing time on TV. That's no doubt. Like, I just want to know, once again, we should maybe have one of these guys on. Like, is it a big deal? Like, you win the World's Strongest, it's like, hey, he gets free dinner wherever he goes, or, yeah, nobody cares. Yeah, I, I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, you know what? Let's get the interns on it. We'll put the interns yeah, you know on finding that answer get- Let's get the interns on that. All right. If we have time today, comes from the world of the Olympics again. The first ever 12 members of the U.S. Olympic skateboarding team were announced. They'll be led by five-time world champ and California native, the highest paid skater in the sports history, Nadja Houston. Have you ever heard of Nadja Houston before? I have not. Okay. No, I, um, other than Tony Hawk, I know no famous skateboarders. And Power um, Puelta? No, I got nothing. I got nothing. I, I couldn't even find out what the competition looks like. I, do you have any idea what this is? It Are they riding rails or is it like, what's the, what's, is it a half pipe? What's the competition? Do you know? Great questions. All good questions. Don't have answers. I, I, okay. So here's a better question for you. Do you think skateboarding should be an Olympic sport? I do not, but I also don't think golf should be an Olympic sport. Wow. And I love golf. Like, I just, I feel like uh, we're, we're trying to, I think, you know, keep it to the, the base of what it used to be. I don't know. I'm, um, I'm a traditionalist, Larry. I, I, I don't think skateboarding is an Olympic sport, but if it's done well, it'd be fun to watch. I wish I was more prepared and I could give you a, a test back and be like, okay, the Ukraine has people entered in the skateboard competition. True or false? Uh, yeah, true. Japan has people representing. True. Gotta be true. If, they, if it's in Japan, I, I don't know. Brazil. Do you know the answer to these? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I wish I did. <laughs> but I wish I did have more time and I'd be like, Brazil, true or false? Absolutely not. No way there's a Brazilian team. I guarantee. We got to, damn it, we got to get our intern on this. <laughs> I mean, I figured, I figured if you don't know the answer, I should just be confident. <laughs> well, here's the good news and the bad news. We're at the end of the Sports Best program. But I believe if I can wrangle you one more time this week, we're going to have Uncle Kirk again. Yes. I am in. He is one Uncle of my Kirk. favorite things. You can find him on the Twitters at UncleKirk.com or on his Instagram. And he definitely is huge on the TikToks. What's your TikTok handle again? Uh, I can't repeat it off the air. I'm sorry. Uh, PG-13. Yeah. It's a little crazy. He's Uncle Kirk. I'm Larry Olson. Thanks for listening. See you next week.